Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellen podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. Well, we have started a new sermon series um, called From the Head to the Heart, and I thought that this was a good uh, theme for Eastertide after we've celebrated the resurrection of Jesus that we're practicing how we allow this, this faith in Christ to become um, part of our heart, part of our lives, part of our embodied existence, and how we do that together in a community. So it turns out people have been doing this for a really long time. <laughs> they've, been, they've been practicing this. And so today we're actually in the book of Acts, and it is um, really a great overview of the earliest history we have of the first believers, the first people who heard about the risen Jesus and wanted to be part of this new community. We think it's written by Luke, who you might have heard of Luke, one of the, one of the gospels. And so he gives such a great perspective into this early, early days, the earliest days of following Jesus. So I'm going to read a passage from Acts chapter 2, verse 43 through 47. And in my Bible, this is titled, Life Among the Believers. All came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, it's, it appears that we don't really get the outtakes of this passage, the blooper reel, because it sounds such a beautiful vision, right? They were together and, and sharing everything they had and worshiping. We don't really hear about what went wrong. And that's, that's what this passage is supposed to be, a beautiful vision of hope in Christ and a new community found in Christ. You can almost hear the rhythm of grace in between the words of this passage. The grace it must have taken for this new community of believers to live together, breathe together, and love in the spirit of Christ. And I love that this book is called Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. The first thing to note is that it's not called the thoughts of the apostles or the beliefs of the apostles or the principles of the apostles. It's called the acts of the apostles because it wasn't lofty words alone that would catalyze a whole new movement of Jesus followers. It was actions from a heart touched by Christ. These were the stories and miracles that would really stir up communities and spread the word. That's a play on spread the word because not just spreading the word like the news about the risen Jesus, 
but really spreading the word, the word made flesh in Christ that now lay in the hands and feet of the disciples who were called to go and share this good news as witnesses of Jesus and his resurrection. So it got really interesting after Jesus, you know, kind of left everybody (laughs) and sent the Holy Spirit in his place. The book of Acts says that Jesus literally ascends to heaven in the clouds. He's like, bye. (laughs) Peace out, literally. His body leaves the earth. And now this is when it really gets interesting because his early followers have to navigate the world without him. Those moments of resurrection where they can meet him and see him after the resurrection. Last week we talked about Thomas and touch his sides, see his scars. Those days are gone because now he's up in the clouds. But here is the miracle. It's when Jesus leaves earth in his physical body that things really get going because his followers start to take seriously their call to share this good news and this new type of community. It's almost like Jesus' life and death was a seed that fell into the earth. And what happens to a seed? Something grows out of that. We'll never really know if this picture from Acts about the early believers was fully accurate or if it had all the details in it. Like I said, we don't get to see the blooper reel of the early Christians. I would love to see that. We don't know if sometimes they fought over shared possessions or needed to take time apart. (laughs) Did they argue about what they were gonna have for dinner? Or did they get get distracted during the sermons in the temple occasionally? But we can see that this beautiful scriptural example shows us what a heart-centered Christian community looks like. And it's only possible with a whole lot of grace. That's the miracle, you see. This community is happening with ordinary people. Ordinary people, like you and me, who when they come together, With a shared mission and a shared love, these ordinary people become extraordinary. Verse 43 says that awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. Awe and wonders and signs. What what does this really mean? I think that it wasn't just the fact that these miracles were happening because in the Jewish landscape, miracles and seeing weird stuff was a very common part of being a religious person. The true awe-inspiring wonder is that these wonders and signs were being done by the apostles, by ordinary people who loved Jesus and were continuing the gospel. Signs and wonders. Well, not a lot of us see these kinds of signs and wonders every day, 
but I met a new friend at uh, the Umbrella Gallery reception, actually, and he's a theology professor at UD, at University of Dallas, and we were just chatting about Acts and really, you know, nerding out about the book of Acts, and he said something really interesting to me. He said, you know, he said, signs and wonders in the same, in the same way that this place, life in debellum, is a sign and wonder because it's a place of godly welcome. Because anything that keeps the gospel of Jesus alive after he has gone on before us is a sign and wonder. And if you keep your eyes peeled, you might see more of them than you think. These are the miraculous ways that we get to co-create the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And another pretty big miracle, I think, is that these early believers didn't kill each other. (laughs) The temple, and then they go home, and then they break the bread, and then they go back to the temple, and then they're sharing things and giving more things, and then it's back to home in the temple. At some point, you might want to punch your new sister in Christ, (laughs) you know, because it's just too much time together. But... They didn't do that. They loved Jesus and they loved each other. It's the combination of those things that really, really matters. They loved Jesus and they loved each other. And they loved each other so much that more and more wanted to join this movement. As it says, the the Lord added numbers to their community. Verse 43, awe came upon everyone. I think that so much of what we're called to is to be a community where we experience awe together. I experience awe hearing these artists describe their process and work. Awe is a posture of the heart, you see. It's not just in your head. Awe is a mixture of humility and gratitude and just pure woe that connects us to each other and to God. It's kind of where our human meets heaven and we kind of meet Jesus in between. It's those moments that make us catch our breath and realize what a strange wonder it is to be alive. And I think that it's this kind of awe that the early believers shared that really ignited their faith. This means we got to start to expect surprises from God. We gather here and we expect God to show up in new and mysterious ways. We expect to be blown away. The late Author and pastor Eugene Peterson, who I I love from the message, says, the assumption of spirituality is that God is always doing something before I know it. So the task is not to get God to do something that I think needs to be done, but to become aware of what God is doing so that I can respond to it and participate in it and delight in it. These early believers were doing just that. They were expecting God to show up and delighting in the work 
of the gospel. And their all is connected to their actions. This is so important. Their awe, their worship, their love is connected to what they actually do. <laughs> it says in verse 44 that all who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Because their belief wasn't a private affair. Their belief was tied to their actions. And in their actions, their belief grew. You see, Christianity has never been a private affair. And we certainly don't follow this extremely communal economy that these early followers did. At some point, that tradition just wasn't efficient anymore. <laughs> it didn't make the cut of Christianity but the point is that these early Christians had an economy of grace. Their heart-centered actions showed generosity, hospitality, kindness. It says that they showed up when any had need. They really cared about each other. And they cared more about each other than they did their resources. Later, Luke says in, in the book of Acts that the whole group of believers were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything was owned and held in common. This sounds so foreign to us in our modern capitalist society, but can you imagine caring more about your fellow humans than your private belongings? Can you imagine being so united in the Holy Spirit that you just start to lose sight of what belongs to who? What a radical and powerful result of being in sync with Jesus. Christianity has never been a private affair. It always leads us to the heart of a community. And you hear this a lot at Lied. We always talk about community, but that's because it's really, really important. <laughs> I think that we become the fullest version of who God created us to be when we're in community with others. Because it's then that our faith becomes not just a private belonging to grasp and hold on to and perfect and master and brag about to your peers. But when we take our faith to community, it becomes a shared responsibility. We become accountable to others and their stories. We lose some things, we gain some things, and in many ways, we become our truest selves when we flourish in a community. And that takes a lot of heart, from the head to the heart. The word courage comes from the Latin word for heart. It takes a lot of courage to become part of a community, to take your faith and share it, to spend a lot of time with the same people. <laughs> and hope that you don't end up punching them. <laughs> but with courage comes miracles. 
awe-inspiring miracles happen when we as believers become one heart and soul. And people are seeking this outside of faith communities all the time. The part where the end of the movie happens and the whole theater claps after what they've seen. Or when the major touchdown hits and the, and the team wins. All of us as humans, we're longing to experience awe in community. And if these moments are powerful to witness, imagine what's powerful when we are joined by the, whole, by the Holy Spirit. Anything is possible. After Jesus vanished in the clouds, it would be tempting for us to keep our heads in the clouds, to catch up with him, or to just give up in apathy because he's not here with us to guide us and save us in every single moment in the flesh. So what's the point? But this is when the story gets good, my friends, because we become empowered by the Holy Spirit. And through the Spirit, we can meet each other's needs and carry each other's sorrows. And then, and only then, when we've committed ourselves to this grace-filled life, will the Lord add numbers to our community. But quality always matters over quantity to Jesus. And we don't do this scriptural model from Acts to get more members or save more people. Because it isn't a means to an end. This is the goal. Living in community with Jesus is the goal. We can't keep our faith in our heads and we can't keep our heads in the clouds. God needs us to firmly plant our feet on the ground, to keep our hearts open and present to each other, open to the word, open to the spirit, open to the gifts and challenges of each human around us, each member of our precious community. God needs us to be ready to feel awe together and show up as one heart and soul. So how will God shape us? It's been a few thousand years since this was written, but the spirit of Christ is still alive in this place among us, beckoning us forth to what our work will be as a community. How will God shape us? May our hearts be as one. Amen.